One of my favorite Christmas movies growing up was The Grinch. We had the book. We watched the cartoon. Of course, they've got a newer cartoon out. There's, I think, four, maybe five movies that have been made. I know there's a musical that's coming out about it. But in the year 2020, I don't know that The Grinch has ever been more relatable than he is right now. This is how the book version begins. It says, every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch who lived just north of Whoville did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Now please don't ask why, no one knows the reason. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. The Grinch lived away from Whoville and the thing that drove him nuts was them being happy specifically at Christmas time. He knew that with Christmas would bring this feast and would be singing and they'd be loud and he didn't like it. And so he decides the way that he's going to fix the problem is by taking away their joy. Now, if you've ever been mad or sad or in a bad mood, you can actually relate to that feeling. Sometimes when my kids get in the car, when I'm picking them up from school, I've got one that, that sometimes at that point in the day just tends to be in a little bit worse of a mood. It could be that in elementary school they serve breakfast at 10.30, excuse me, lunch at 10.30. And so by the time 3.30 rolls around, it could be that it's just hangry. I don't know. But there's something about getting into the car and after being tired and, and being hungry that, that just tends to, to maybe make that mood a little bit not great. But then... The counterpart in the car, I'm trying to be careful with which one is which because sometimes my kids hear this or see this. So I'm not saying he or she about either one. Just one of them is not in a good mood, but the other child is in an amazing mood all the time. And, and there's something about seeing their sibling in a bad mood that puts them in a better mood. I don't know why. This is just something about the way that God created siblings. And because when they notice that the other person is in a bad mood, it just exemplifies their good mood. Hey, why are you sad? The day is glorious. I just love the sunshine and the moon and the stars. And then they start singing. And probably the single most annoying thing when you are in a bad mood is someone in a good mood who is singing. And so then it becomes a lot of problems from the front where you're, you're trying to navigate the back. And really, you can't say, hey, you need to be in a worse mood because they're in a good mood. You, you can't say that. And then you can't just tell someone who's in a bad mood to get in a better mood. That doesn't work either. And so then you just end up, you end up doing a lot of things you probably shouldn't do and you don't solve the problem. And this is just the life when you have two kids with very, very different personalities. The Grinch had this mindset that his life was miserable, and the reason his life was miserable was not because of what was going on with him. It was because of what was going on with everybody else. And so how did he try and fix it? So I'm just going to take away Christmas. I'm going to take away their joy, and it'll make my life better. I love the Christmas season. Even in 2020 Christmas season, there's something about it that just makes things better. 
He goes, look at lights, and, and fortunately, we've been blessed that it's actually cold outside right now. Like when it's 85 degrees in Christmas, it's just, it's, there's something about that that doesn't feel right. But when it's a little bit chilly, but not too cold. I mean, we, we don't live up in Canada for a reason, am I right? And when it's just a little bit cold, you can put on a sweater and you feel a little bit more Christmassy. But one of the greatest miracles that God gives us is recognizing that Christmas is all about change. That's why Christmas exists. That's why Jesus comes. That one of the greatest miracles God gives us is the ability to change. And he demonstrates that with us with Christmas. That God recognizes an issue. God recognizes a problem. And he says, I'm going to fix the problem. A problem that you can't fix by yourself. Let me ask you this question. If you take a step back from your life right now. And just ask simply, what in my life needs to change? What would be those things that mentally you start to write off? Now, I'm not talking about your circumstances. We can control some of our circumstances, but especially in 2020, most of our circumstances are outside of our control. We can't change those things. But what are the things inside your life that you can change, that you do have control over? What are those things what needs to change? Here's what the Grinch tells us, and it's, it's not a Christian story, but at the heart of the Grinch, the very foundation takes a biblical truth that it recognizes, and that is this, that life change starts with heart change. That if you want a new life, you want to change what's going on, you want to change where you are, that it starts here and not out here. New heart, new life. We're going to look at a passage in Romans chapter 5. If you've got a Bible, I encourage you to look there with me. It doesn't sound like a Christmas passage, and yet this passage exemplifies the purpose and the meaning of Christmas. Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 6, it says this, For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When it says, for while we were still weak, that word weak, it's showing that we were incapable of working out righteousness ourselves. That while we were still separated away from God, we were still broken, nothing that we could do to fix ourselves, that is when at the appointed time, God sends his son Jesus. And in his sovereignty, at the exact right moment in history, God steps out of heaven and born onto this earth as a baby. Why? He did it to do something that none of us could do ourselves. To correct the relationship between mankind and God. That we were weak, we were incapable of doing it alone. That he allows us the opportunity for life change. He allows us the opportunity to have a new heart. What does that look like? How is that possible? It's interesting when, when he describes it, he talks about how, man, you might die for a righteous person, 
Or, and then he actually differentiates between a righteous person and a good person. You know, you've met someone that's a self-righteous person. Maybe they do all the right things, but they let everybody else know that they do all the right things. And then he says, some people might even be willing to die for a good person. Someone, try and think of someone that's genuinely good. In our culture today, I had a hard time of coming up with a list. And so let's just say that, that Ben Young is in the hospital and he's dying and he needs a new organ. In, in order to give him that new organ, it could potentially take your life. There might be some people that would be willing to say, okay, well, I, I might be willing to do that. But now compare that to, let's say, somebody that's in prison. Somebody that's in prison that has murdered multiple people. They're a serial rapist. They're an awful, by all standards, humanity would say that is a terrible person. And that person needs some new organ, and that new organ could potentially cost you your life. There's probably not a list of people that are lining up and saying, yeah, I'll I'll give up a piece of me for that. Sure, why not? But what Romans is saying is that when Jesus comes onto this earth, he came to save us not as righteous people or even good people, but as what? As ungodly. That in the story of Scripture... You and I are the Grinch. You and I are broken, separated, set apart in a negative way where God is divided away against us. That the story of Scripture tells us that we deserve the wrath of God. But Christmas, God recognizing the brokenness, recognizing that we can't change our heart or our life by ourselves, steps out of heaven. That Jesus takes the pain that we deserve. He pays the price for our sin on the cross. And with it, he gives us an opportunity to become a new creation. He gives us the opportunity to change our hearts. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The, the picture of the Grinch was this guy recognizing that he didn't like his situation. He didn't like what was going on. He didn't like his life. And then he thought that, well, if I just make everybody else miserable, it changes me. And so he kind of fights that battle. That's what the story's about. He goes and takes everybody's Christmas. He takes their stuff. He takes their stockings and their trees. He even goes into the refrigerator and takes their food. And he thinks that he's done it. And somehow he thinks this is going to make his life better. And then he has a moment of clarity when he realizes that even though he took what he thought was the joy of Christmas, it didn't change Christmas. That Whoville still celebrated. Here's how the story ends. Spoiler alert. It says he hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled three hours till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And what happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say, that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. He was incapable of changing himself by just making everybody else miserable, but then something 
change. He, he understood the meaning of Christmas. His heart changes. And then what happens? He takes their stuff back. Everybody forgives them and they have a big party. Probably wouldn't happen in real life. Probably if, if like on Christmas Eve, someone goes around and steals all of our stuff. And then the next day has a change of heart and says, I'm just going to give it back. We're probably putting that joker in jail. I'm just saying. Especially if, if they were green and, and you know, looked like, like Sasquatch. I mean, probably that person not going to just have that guy carving the, the, the feast or the beast or whatever they call it in the Grinch. The picture, though, of Christmas is us having the opportunity to have a change of heart. We're incapable of having a change of heart by ourselves. That I... Sometimes I have that same mentality of, of the Grinch, that the things that make people happy are stuff. And if I just change stuff, maybe in my own life or somebody else's life, that changes everything. But it doesn't. It starts with a heart change. And I am incapable of changing my heart myself. But God, through what he did on the cross, allows me to have a relationship with him. And when I give my life to God... He changes my heart. He gives me a brand new life. Anybody can take a step back from Christianity and recognize that Christianity changed the world. That this moment that we celebrate every year as Christmas, when God steps out of heaven as a baby, whether you're a Christian or not, even a secular person can recognize that Christmas changed the world. It changed everything. Even our calendar, up until a few years ago when we started calling it the modern area, everything was divided by Jesus. There was before Jesus and then there was the in the year of our Lord. That Jesus changes all of human history. The question for each of us is, has Christmas changed me? Has it changed my heart? And you either fall into one of two camps. Either you fall into a camp where You've never made that decision. You've never given your heart to God. You've never allowed that reconciliation where God gives you a new life. Christmas is an opportunity for you to do exactly that. Or maybe you are a Christian. Maybe you've given your heart and your life to God, and yet you recognize that there are still aspects of your life that need to change. One of the greatest miracles of God that he gives us is the ability to change. It's to take a step back and evaluate my life and say, what are the areas in my life that going forward need to be different where they are? One year from now, you won't be able to predict what the circumstances of this next year are. If any indicators that it was this past year. But what you don't want to do is go year after year after year doing the same things over and over and over again and expecting different results. It starts with a heart change, and then it's pursuing God wholeheartedly and saying, God, what are the areas of my life that you want to change?